0: My name is Lara Pengway, I'm 45 years old. I injured my back and that set off a multi-year campaign of dealing with chronic back pain. I was 41 at the time and it's unusual for anybody to reach the age of 41 without some sort of creak in their back or little aches here and there. My career involves sitting for hours and hours at a time like many people. And I remember one time standing up in the newsroom and feeling like, oh, something just went kind of wrong. And I remember, this was back before I shopped online, walking or limping around downtown looking for a back massager. Um, I thought that would really... These things happen from time to time. I would pick up my child and feel a little eat a tweak. I kind of assumed What I always assumed, which is I was ignoring my my core muscles. Um, I was sitting too much. I was crossing my legs. I I wasn't exercising enough. And all those things were true. But in August 2018, I went down to my kitchen, and I was just making breakfast, and I sneezed. And uh, I felt something really electrifyingly painful in my lower back. And I remember thinking... This is not what I've ever felt before. I know we were traveling that weekend to visit my mother, four hours away, and uh, I sat very uncomfortably in a car for four hours. And when I got to my mom's house, I walked to Shoppers Drug Mart and got some Robaxa set, which um, I've since learned is like taking Tic Tacs if you have my kind of back pain. (laughs) So uh, that weekend, I remember the pain didn't go away. In fact, it got worse. And I remember thinking, "Why is it traveling?" I started feeling it kind of in my up in my hip joint, in my leg, and then it it became electrifying. I would describe the pain as an electric zing going up and down to my toes of my my left leg. I've since learned that that's sciatica. That's a nerve that's being hit. I went to my doctor. And, you know, I remember the look of my doctor's face being very much, I've seen this before. This is not surprising. And in fact, I think there's a statistic out there that's saying the number one thing that brings patients to their general practitioner is back pain. So this is certainly not uncharted territory. She gave me a prescription for anti-inflammatories and said, come back. In 12 weeks, if it doesn't go away, these things tend to resolve themselves in 12 weeks. And 12 weeks, when you're in this kind of pain is an eternity. But I thought uh, that it would resolve. And so I took the prescription, I filled it, and it didn't help. I, I had a very active lifestyle before I was a runner. I've been doing yoga off and on for 20 years I walked to work to the go train to get to work. So movement was always a part of my life. And now it was gone because everything hurt. So I went back 12 weeks later and I said, it's worse. Like this is not, I can't bend. I can't tie my shoe. I can't sleep. This electric zinging in my leg is is really impacting my entire life. Um, And she said, okay, we'll do an MRI. And we did. And she said, I gotta warn you though, sometimes the results of an MRI doesn't match with what you're feeling. So you could have several herniated discs that are very slight and have no symptoms, or you could have overwhelming symptoms and no physical reason showing up on the image. in my case, it showed exactly what I was feeling. It showed a herniated disc in the L4, L5 disc region. That was Impeding my nerve or touching my nerve on the left side, and that explained perfectly what I was feeling in my left leg. And I said, "Well, so now what?" And and she said, "Well, here's a prescription uh, for pregabalin. It's prescribed for people with mood disorders like anxiety, and it also is known to help nerve pain, and that's what I had. And so." I started taking that and that was not without its side effects. So I describe it like I felt a little bit drunk, but without any of the benefits, the happiness, the ease that comes with being drunk. Um, I just felt a little bit out of it all the time, tired, unfocused. And it did help with the pain to some degree, but it wasn't enough really to make me think, okay, I've solved it. This is what I'm going to do. I was very eager to treat this aggressively. Um, I wanted to start running again. I wanted to get my life back. I wanted to sleep through the night again. And I was willing to do whatever that took. So of course, I I was doing physiotherapy. I was seeing a chiropractor through my office. I was on this drug. And I said to my doctor, I want to see a surgeon too. And I had a few acquaintances who had had a herniated disc and had success with surgery. So it's a discectomy. That's the procedure where they take the disc that's been ruptured or the disc that is squeezing and hitting your nerve and they remove it. And so that nerve is no longer touching uh, your disc or your disc is no longer hitting your nerve. I was very happy to pursue surgery. I wasn't scared about it. I just wanted to get it done. And I remember I was at Union Station after work and I got a phone call from a surgeon's office and it was the secretary and she said, "Laura, we got your referral, referral through your doctor. We have your MRI. If this doctor can help you, would you consider surgery?" And I said, "Absolutely." And she said, "Okay, you have an appointment." And I It felt like winning the lottery, which is kind of an indicator of how desperate I was that I was going to see a surgeon about this back pain. So we booked a surgery date. This was January 2019 that I booked it. In the meantime, I'm still progressively pursuing other options. So I'm seeing a physiotherapist. I am, you know, doing whatever I can, you know, the dead bug. I'm working on my abs. I'm trying to walk, but not walk too much. I'm trying to sit, but not sit too much. I'm trying to do everything. Through my physiotherapist, I was directed to a pain specialist. And um, I remember waiting in that waiting room to see him. And I felt like I was among the people that I really understood and who could understand me. And there was a lot of people pacing. When you're in pain, you can't sit still. Uh, there are people pacing. Just the look on their face, I really recognized that look of like desperation, a little bit of relief to finally be here, worry, skepticism, all those emotions mingling because you want this doctor to have some answers. And yet history has shown there are very few answers out there. So I saw this doctor and I knew that um, he was well regarded, but he sat down and he just listened. And I just regurgitated this litany of grievances and and the fact that he just kind of listened and took the time was such a healing experience for me and I can't really describe why or really explain why except I understand now that I think that he legitimized he believed me he knew what I was going through And he said that we can give you a steroidal epidural. So that is to put a steroid with a a big, huge needle right into your spine. And the idea is it would take away some of the pain and potentially just let me heal and feel back to normal. I said, sure, sign me up. And so within weeks I had that and I felt better. I felt, again, not like my old self. I wasn't running. It still hurt to sit for long periods of time, but I stopped taking the prescription medication and I called my surgeon and I said, I want to cancel. All of a sudden the doctor picked up. He said, I got your news. <laughs> I want you to know that I'm glad you're feeling better, but sometimes this pain returns, especially when the epidural wears off. And I said, well, At this moment, I can't in good conscience say I want to get surgery. If this is working, then why would I keep this appointment? He said, okay, and good luck. And about four months later, I called him and I said, I need the surgery. So the epidural did work for some time. And if other people ask me if they would recommend it, I would. Because pain is so individual, I never know I can only tell them my experience. I can't tell them that it will absolutely work for you or it will absolutely not work. In June 2019, I had a disectomy. And um, the recovery was not great. I was out of work for seven weeks. The swelling on my back looked like I had a baseball growing out of my lower back. That was the degree of the swelling. And... I remember thinking, well, this isn't good. I expected to have kind of a hallelujah moment in the recovery room, and that just wasn't the case. I was in a lot of pain. And I'm aware of the success rates and the failure rates and, and that some people do have success with disectomies, and I just wasn't one of them. And I think that even technically speaking, my case would be considered a success because, you know, nothing went wrong. In the surgery, he actually did remove the disc that was touching this nerve. But sometimes you run the risk of scar tissue growing back and that causing just as much pain. And so I was kind of in this cycle where that didn't work. And it felt kind of like I was starting over again, because not only was I recovering from a surgery, but it felt like to me the original source of the pain was still there. In 2020, when everybody kind of went home during the pandemic, um, that's when you started hearing, or I started hearing, about back pain a lot because people were hunched over their laptops. People were working at ergonomically disastrous work um, from home office setups. Uh, But for me, the effect was a bit of the opposite because I could, roam around my house. I could do squats during Zoom calls with the camera off. I could go for walks during the day. I could sit and stand. I had a sit-stand desk at home. Um, I started incorporating movement more aggressively into my routine. And I started lifting weights and I found that helpful. Uh, it It was low impact. I didn't ride the bike, didn't want to have anything to do with the bike. But I started lifting weights and I found that that was helping. And I think it was because I was targeting my core muscles. And slowly but surely, things kind of got back to normal or as normal as they were ever going to be. The way I'm managing my pain now is a combination of constant movement, preservation. So that means not sitting much taking care of what i have and and that is to say if i don't have pain don't push it and that's uh not running uh not walking walking but not walking too much running sometimes but not too much everything in moderation and i rely on when i have a flare-up i will rely on just over the counter ibuprofen to get me through kind of the rough spots Uh, but no prescription medication anymore it is like a journey, right? It, it, like Every day is different. When I'm not working, it's probably the best because it d- doesn't require me to sit down. I can bend and move and walk and not be hunched over a, a screen. The only thing I'm good at is being in front of a computer. And so that's baked into my life now and I have to work around it. Maybe chronic pain isn't what you think it is. It's not visible. Believe people when they tell you they don't feel well. Um, I remember very distinctly dealing with uh, or being friends with a woman in university who had chronic pain. It was her wrists that she had carpal tunnel and it was constantly bothering her. She had fibromyalgia. And I think my message to other people is believe, believe other people when they tell you that they're in pain. This is not something people have any reason to make up. There is a stigma still about chronic pain. You know, how bad could it be? Oh, well, I hurt my back once too. And I get that a lot too. Oh, oh, I remember I had a ski accident and I hurt my back. And I said, well, you know, everybody thinks they've experienced this. Very few people have to the same degree experienced this. Although one in five Canadians deal with, with chronic pain. It's out there in such a huge volume right there are so many Canadians who deal with this in some way shape or form and I think it's in our best interest to pay attention and make treatment available and destigmatize that treatment and the way we address people with chronic pain.